When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The all-electric Kia EV6 with up to 528 kilometers of range. And Toolmart, the complete tool center, serving WA for over 40 years. This is Sports Day. Yes, hello everyone. I've got Asher here. I've got Heater here. I'm in good hands. Don't worry about that. This is Sports Day WA. Don't ring that bell when I'm not expecting you to ring that bell, Heater. Okay? Or is it Asher? Asher did it. Ding! Yes, that just wakes me up. Well, I'm looking forward to the next hour. Thanks to Hayes and Marto. Back with the run home again tomorrow between 3 and 5. Plenty of news coming out of the training sessions at West Coast and also the Fremantle Dockers. So let's start with that for the good oil for Cobram Estate. Premier Australian extra virgin olive oil bringing you up to date. Bit of a surprise participant at Dockers training today at Coburn. Olympian Peter Bowl. He's come out and he's declared that Jeremy Sharp will be a welcome addition to the Fremantle team after the duo ran laps during the Dockers' three 1K time trials this morning. Now, as we know, Sharp is joining the Dockers as a pre-season supplementary selection and made a statement about his running power. He stayed with Bowl during the entire running session. Now, as we know, Bowl isn't based here in Perth, but he's returned home to see the family, so he's invited down to the Fremantle Dockers. He met Fremantle coach Justin Longmuir at a function last year, and they've maintained that relationship. And Bowl was saying that Sharp's running power could be huge for Frio. So there you go. In fact, uh, I think he told the West.com the boy definitely looks in shape. So there you go, Peter Bowl down there at uh, the Coburn training facility for Fremantle today. And we saw Harley Reid at the West Coast Eagles, and he reportedly wasted a little time in impressing his new Eagles teammates, showing glimpses of his talent in uh, what was a highly anticipated first training session in Eagles colours. He appeared at home among more than 40 players who took to the track for the 90-minute session with the number one draft pick, embracing the lofty expectations ahead uh, of what is going to be a very hard-working pre-season. And hopefully, from Harley Reid's point of view, his expectations so high, he can meet some of those expectations for the Eagles in 2024. And in fact, the 18-year-old and fellow draftees, Archer Reid, Harvey Johnston, Locke Rawlinson, Cohen Livingston, will all eased into AFL life today taking uh, some of the drills through that 90-minute session. So there you go. That's the update 
from our two footy clubs, all thanks to Cobram Estate, Australia's most awarded extra virgin olive oil, grown, harvested and first cold-pressed in Northern Victoria. Now, we're going to go through a bit later, just around the corner, the top five at five. And uh, so we look forward to highlighting the top five stories, particularly across the weekend. And there's no question that a young 25-year-old golfer that stems from the Royal Fremantle Golf Club may be in that top five and could possibly be almost near the top. That was awesome yesterday in Queensland, but we'll come back to that in a moment. In the program, we'll be speaking to Stan Lazaridis a bit later on. And in fact, I spoke to Stan during the day and he got a little bit emotional when he heard the passing of Terry Venables. As we know, Terry Venables was in charge of the Australian national men's football team, the Socceroos when they tried to qualify for France, the World Cup in 1998, and they came so close to appear in a World Cup for the first time since 1974. And I was at the MCG in late 1997. I was broadcasting the game with the late George Grudlicic and the late Johnny Warren. And we broadcast that game, and Australia were cruising at 2-0 over Iran in the playoff match. And what happened then was quite bizarre. And there was a person, a sporting pest, who broke the security, jumped the fence at the MCG and ran onto the field and with a pair of scissors, he cut Iran's net, which caused the pause in play. And when play resumed, as we know, Iran scored two goals, two late goals, which gave them the draw and advance them to the World Cup in France at the expense of Australia. And Terry Venables claimed that as one of the saddest sporting moments in his life. A man that achieved so much. After all, he came to Australia after taking England to the European Championships to the semi-finals, where they were eliminated by Germany on penalties. A sad moment. There's been tributes right around the world and even from people like Mark Bosnich and Stan Lazaridis and other fellow Socceroos towards Terry Venables. So here's a package that has been put together from the morning after. I don't think it was the offside trap. I think we got caught square and um, we didn't deal with it well enough. I always believe that a defender should be coming up or dropping off. We... You, you've got there's got to be movement they've got to, you've got to be pushing up or you've got to be dropping off you've got to push up to squeeze the space to try and stop people having space or drop off for the one over the top of you or around the side of you we stood and didn't do anything and um, I think you know it's, it's something that I wouldn't really go into individual uh, mistakes or things that may have happened because we we were all going to win together or we were all going to lose together. As I say, it's like stunned. You're stunned, and it's it's like you've had a punch in the arm and it's dead. And you know and you've got to wait. That's what I say. A couple of days later, it's like the bruise. The, the feeling comes back again, and uh, you you've got to pick yourself up again. You know, and and those around you. And it's not an easy job. The disappointment is immense. For everybody, everyone shared that. Yeah, and that was uh, Terry's thoughts uh, post-game after Australia didn't get to the 1998 uh, World Cup. Ange Postacoglu uh, has been likened in many ways to Terry Venables, certainly has achieved the highs of uh, Terry Venables. 
But Ange was asked about the passing of Terry Venables. After all, Terry spent uh, many years as a player and also as a coach at Tottenham Hotspur. If you're asking about a person who embodies everything that this football club has always wanted to be, it's it's Terry because um, it wasn't just about the way he, he managed or coached the person he was. Um, you know, he, he, he influenced Australia as well. He was a manager uh, for the national team, always goes to the World Cup. But the biggest testament is anyone who I've ever come across who has worked with him will say that he's far, by far the, the best coach, manager, tactician they've come across. Interesting point from Ange, and you'll hear that from Stan later on. Now, don't miss it. Stan already talking about Terry Venables. Uh, I've never heard Stan, actually, that emotion uh, about uh, anybody in his football life, and he's met many, many people in his football life. We're going to take a break. On the other side of the break, we're here for the Kia EV6 GT, the World Performance Car of the Year, and Toolmart, the Complete Tool Centre, serving WA for over 45 years. We're going to do the top five stories of the weekend next here on Sports Day WA. The all-electric Kia EV6 with up to 528 kilometres of range. And Toolmark, the complete tool centre, serving WA for over 40 years. This is Sports Day. The all-electric Kia EV6 with up to 528 kilometres of range. And Toolmark, the complete tool centre, serving WA for over 40 years. This is Sports Day. And it's coming up uh, 12 minutes past five, Monday afternoon. And you're listening to Sports Day WA. And you can join us any time on the Temper of Bedshed text machine 0487 736 736. How many people actually watched Minwoo Lee win the Australian PGA title yesterday afternoon? Give us your thoughts. Uh, where could this young buck go? Pretty confident, speaks very well. And no doubt, as I mentioned, he'll be featured in our top five. It's all thanks to Nova's Auto Glass. Uh, there's one near you, 13, 22, 34. Let's roll the top five. Number five. Max Verstappen out of the final corner for the final time. Max Verstappen wins 19 Grand Prix in a single season. All missions complete. What a year. Well done, my friend. Uh, wow. Another, uh, yeah, unbelievable race, guys. Very lovely. And uh, we did it. You beat us in eight. <laughs> 19 times. <laughs> Pretty repetitive, isn't it? But Max Verstappen completed a majestic and record-breaking season in familiar style. Last night, he cruised to a record-increasing 19th win of the year for Red Bull at an action-packed Abu Dhabi Grand Prix. The three-time world champion came from about 17.9 seconds ahead of Ferrari's Charles Leclerc, whose bold drive was not enough for the Italian team to claim the runners-up place in the Constructors' Championship. Number four. Italy are the Davis Cup champions 2023. Huge effort there by Italy. They haven't won a Davis Cup final for 47 years. And uh, certainly the other night in Malaga in Spain, 
They were too dominant for the Australians. Yannick Sinner had won all five singles matches in the three ties to take Italy to the final against Australia and win both singles. Uh, Sinner too strong for Di Minore and, of course, Jordan Thompson also, who opened the uh, tie losing his singles match as well. Well done to the Italians. I'll be celebrating 47 years without a Davis Cup triumph. It all came to a pointy head last night. Number three. Brisbane are through to another grand final. They beat Geelong by four points in yet another extraordinary display of AFLW. So there you go. It's going to be Brisbane and North Melbourne at Icon Stadium, known as Princess Park. The Brisbane Lions booked their place in the big dance. Uh, They overcame the Geelong Cats by four points in the first match. And then North Melbourne, who had been in the previous seasons just short of making the grand final. They've been there and thereabouts. But uh, in the end, they got over the line. They beat Adelaide, who went into the match as somewhat favourites by one solitary point. So the grand final in the AFLW season is between Brisbane and North Melbourne. Number two. Yeah, I mean, I understand the question, obviously, but um, no, there's no further comment right now. I get the question, guys. I completely understand you guys want to know about it, but uh, just, just for right now, I don't have anything to say. Yeah, he's in a... Bit of a pickle, isn't he, really? Josh Giddy. a lot of people talking about it at the moment, uh, and there's been further images and videos of the Australian basketball star have been shared on social media as allegations of inappropriate relationship with a minor hangover his head. Now, the NBA has confirmed it is looking into allegations levelled against the 21-year-old Oklahoma City Thunder guard. Images first posted online last Thursday featured Giddy with a young woman in one of the photos he has shown standing shirtless behind her. And videos have since circulated on X, which is formerly Twitter, showing Giddy in a multiple uh, different locations, allegedly with the female in question. And as we know, uh, according to reports, the allegations are that the minor is possibly... Uh, a year or in a year 11 student, possibly 15, 16 years of age. We know that the legal age to attend a nightclub in the United States is 21 and uh, the young person was there. But anyway, all allegations and all that, a lot needs to be played out before um, the Australian is maybe uh, called up to answer those uh, allegations that have been levelled against him. Number one. Getting it chasing out, though, feeding up to the flag. Big, big statements at the halfway mark. But he taps in for a win to remember. He's a special talent. Min Woo Lee, for the first time, is the 40 net 
Australian PGA champion. Unbelievable. Um, I've always thought I could win, but um, you know, it, it took a while to you know get over the hump. But you know, two wins in the last month or so. Um, yeah, I'm really proud of my team and myself. And um, yeah, I made it interesting early on and um, through the middle, but um, ended up hanging on. So I'm really proud. Yeah, congratulations to him. And Minwoo Lee says he's got Steph Curry's number in his phone. He uh, kept tagging the NBA legend so many times on Instagram. He suspect Curry might have just followed him a little out of sympathy. But in the end, they traded some DMs. And when Curry invested in Tiger Woods and Rory McIlroy's made-for-television league, uh, Lee cheekily asked Curry to put him on his team. Uh, he's got a bit of uh, the strut about him. Don't worry about that, the boy from the Royal Fremantle Golf Club. After winning up his biggest tournament in the Australian PGA Championship at uh, Royal Queensland yesterday, Lee's mother, Clara, emerged from the galleries to suggest her own pleas with her son have been falling on deaf ears. Uh, so from all reports, he is going to be uh, a heck of a player. Now he goes to down south for the Australian Open. That starts on Thursday, and all eyes will be on on Min Woo Lee. So there you go. That's the top five at five, all thanks to Novus Order Glass. Um, uh, don't let your old windscreen end up as landfill. Called Novus Auto Glass 13-22-34. Let's just update some sport here for Irrigear. We've got some uh, breaking news here, Irrigear. To save time and water, my producer, he's right on everything. Heater, the great man, who, by the way, from Wednesday, will be hosting Sports Day WA from Wednesday, the great Paul Heath. Uh, I'm taking a few days R&R. But uh, the GWS Giants, Zali Goldsworthy, has just been crowned the 2023 AFLW Rising Star at the 2023 W Awards this evening. She beat uh, the Sydney Swans' ruck, Ali Morfitt, by just one vote. Goldsworthy won the award with 41 votes, ahead of Morfitt, 40. West Coast Eagles' Ella Roberts did very well, 23 votes. Port Adelaide's uh, Matilda Schultz, 13. And Hawthorne's Jasmine Fleming, 7 votes. So there you go. Congratulations to Goldsworthy, who played soccer as a junior at one stage, representing the young Matildas. So she was a bit of a star in uh, her younger days. But as many have done, they decided to give it a go in the newly formed AFLW competition. And uh, she has played and she's taking out uh, the Rising Star Award for 2023. So well done to Zali Goldsworthy of the GWS Giants. And just some other sport before we take a break and we come back with Stan Lazaridis. As we know, a lot has been said uh, regarding uh, Terry Venables, and Stan's going to talk to him about. Uh, talk, I'm going to talk to Stan about him. Ange Postacoglu also uh, in the EPL. They lost two under Aston Villa. It's now three losses in a row. One stage, Villa had eight wins, two draws, no losses. They now have lost three games in a row. Fair to say, they've lost quite a bit of their personnel through injury and suspensions. And this is what Ange had to say after losing to Villa. Yeah, look, I think, um, you know, performance-wise, can't ask any more loads. I thought we played some outstanding football, created enough chances to, to win the game quite comfortably, really. But, um, you know, um, fine margins in the games. But um, disappointed, disappointed for the fans, disappointed for our players. More importantly, because I thought we deserved more from the game. 
Well, in the end, that's football. They got beaten by two goals to one. Of course, uh, Damien Hardwick is getting ready for the 2024 season. The Gold Coast Suns have started their pre-season campaign under their new coach and the Triple Richmond Premiership coach. And this is what he had to say on 2024. No, I think we're always in a hurry to make progress. Like we're, as I said previously, 17 other sides. Our aim is to make finals and challenge for challenge for premierships. And you know, with the side that we've got, we certainly think that's attainable. We've got some things that we've got to get better at, no question. But there's some things that this side already does really, really well. So, you know, we've got some young talent that we've brought in, but we've got some established talent, talent, sorry, that I look at in their first class. So, I'm really looking forward to myself and the coaching group be able to get our hands on them and mould them into the way that we wanted the Suns to play. So there's Damien Hardwick. And finally, in this update for Irrigear, which offers expert advice and better irrigation solutions to save time and water, Irrigear is here. AFLW boss Nicole Livingston has made the surprise decision to stand aside after this week's grand final, saying the uh, time felt just right to leave the role. Livingston has spent the past seven seasons as the general manager of women's football, taking the AFLW from an eight-team competition at the end of the first season in 2017 to the current model. And just some late news, Emma O'Driscoll from the Fremantle Dockers has just been uh, announced in the All-Australian team in the AFLW competition. Congratulations to Emma, named at centre-half back. Uh, Driscoll has claimed her first All-Australian selection. So we wish her and pass on our congratulations to her. And as I said, the AFLW awards are currently underway. And as I mentioned just a short time ago, Zali Goldsworthy from the GWS Giants is taking out the Rising Star Award. Emma O'Driscoll, now an All-Australian, coming from the Fremantle Dockers. Well done. We'll take a break. We'll pay tribute through Stan Lazaridis to former Socceroo coach Terry Venables next here on Sports Day WA. The all-electric Kia EV6 with up to 528 kilometres of range. And Toolmart, the complete tool centre, serving WA for over 40 years. This is Sports Day. Sports Day WA with Peter Vlahos. Sad news, actually, this morning that I woke to that Terry Venables, the former manager of England's national team, also the Socceroos and top European clubs, including Tottenham Hotspur and Barcelona, passed away overnight our time after what the family termed a fairly long illness. Now, as a player, he made over 500 league appearances and won the League Cup with Chelsea in 1965 and the FA Cup with Spurs in 1967. He made two international appearances for England as well. I'll never forget that night where Venables managed the Socceroos after his time in the England job, and he got the Socceroos within a game of the World Cup before they eventually failed to make the tournament, drawing 2-2 with Iran at the MCG. They were 2-0 up, and we remember that back in 1997. A man that knew him very well and was part of the Socceroos lineup. Stan Lazaridis joins us. Stan, thanks for your time. Yeah, thanks, Pete. And, yeah, terrible, terrible news. Um, uh, like, like you've said, um, I woke up to the news as well and really saddened by it. You knew Terry Venables very well, and I think he was a real fan of yours, Stan, because I believe yeah. when he went to Leeds United, he was keen to get you across. Yeah, yeah, he really was, and I virtually said I'm coming. You know, that I'd, you know, I mean, one thing with Terry Venables, he, he just knew how to get the best out of you, um, out of a team, out of players. He had a charisma about him. He was great to play for. 
Um, he simplified the game. I played my best football under him. Probably, I would say, the best manager I had playing for Australia, and that's not being disrespectful to any, any other coaches. Um, he just knew how to talk to each player individually, and tactically, he was so astute. So he, there were so many, so many compliments I can give about him that he, he was probably my favourite manager of all time. And that is a big compliment because, as we know, you have been managed by some big names in world football and also some great yeah. Socceroos managers as well, with Hus Hiddick being one of those in 2006. What made him a special man? You were saying he had great communication skills. Can you take us back yeah. when he yeah. was announced as the Socceroos coach for that World Cup campaign, fresh out of being yeah. uh, having a top job in England? Well, that's it. I mean, we all knew him as the name. And, of course, you know, we'd been at Barcelona and Spurs and England. And um, there was, he had an accolade of um, jobs and awards that he had received over the years. And so we were quite special. We felt special. We, you know, there was an intimidation. But the minute we met him, he just kind of made us feel good. It, you know, um, and then individually, the way he uh, spoke to us, um, you kind of just wanted to play for him and and not let him down. And, um, yeah, he just had this way, Peter. He really had this way. Um, and I, I know in, with me personally, he was able to simplify the game for me. He'd pull me aside. He'd go, Stan, just think about the game like this in boxes and you're running into this box. I don't want you in that box. I want you in that box. And he would say the game is like Stan look at all your good games, think about them as great CDs, pull out the good CD, and that will remind you of how you played your best games. And it was all these sort of things. I can keep talking and talking. But I was like, holy moly, yeah, this, you're right. He's right, you know. And I, you know, if I would be chasing the game, going inside and doing the wrong thing, he goes, that's that, and that's not how you do it. And um, I played some of my best football for Australia under him and I just wanted to be under his management for the rest of my career if I, if that could happen you know um, but it wasn't just me the way he he got like Harry Kuehl and um, some of his senior players the way he transitioned us as a team when we went in the Confeds Cup we ended up making the grand final and playing Brazil um, the way we played and who we beat along the way he was just um very, very likable. Very likable. Um, I remember singing Frank Sinatra with him. Uh, you got me under my skin. <laughs> what? You've, got, mean, you've got me under your skin. Was that the song? Oh, he was singing. He, he could sing. He could really sing. Um, <laughs> and I'm really, really, I'm sad even now speaking about it. I'm, I'm, I'm really emotional where I, I'm like saddened because... He, I mean, if I could liken him to anyone, he would be like the, the Ange Postacoglu of today. And those two, I reckon, probably have, have got a lot of similarities where I never played under Ange, but it, that would have been someone I would have loved to have played under. Um, but, but Terry Venables was a special, special manager. Um, and um, I, I can say this on behalf of so many players that I, I, I think... We were so unlucky against Iran. I mean, we, you, you let it in the intro. We had a great team. He would have, we would have been the surprise packet of the World Cup in France. You know, we were, and I know we can talk about it, but um, 
you know, he would have done something special with us. Um, and we were all, we were such a good, tight, knitted group. We had a balance of youth and, and, and um, experience. And, and yeah, he, and he, he led the way as well for the Australians to be in England. You know, he put us on the map um, where everyone in England started noting, noticing us because Terry Venables came to Australia. Terry Venables really opened the floodgates for us. Um, and allowed the guys like Timmy Cahills and these sort of guys to pave the way through. Um, Schwartz's Dukes, Harry Kills, all these sort of guys to just be kind of, um, you know, our names to pop out even more so. Um, and, yeah, I can keep going on. I'm just trying to relive the moments, you know, um, in those years. And it was such a shame. We only, I was only under... Uh, Terry for a, a few years, you know, because um, he only he had the job for a couple of years. Mm. Um, you know, it would have been nice to have like a a longer reign of like what Graham Arnold's doing now, where you where you really get to know the players properly. Um, but yeah, for us, I, I think um, as a group, particularly in that era, we we, we loved him. We really did, you know. Um, yeah, and then, I, I mean, I could I could keep going on about all the good things, and I really genuinely mean it. And there's no there's the you know, I think you can hear it in my voice that I think he was just a special, special uh, person. Well, Stan Lazaridis, you've given him the ultimate tribute. There's no question about that. And you talked about being really sad about uh, the news when it came yeah. through to Australia this morning. In fact, you look about that result at the MCG, a, ch- a packed MCG, yeah. Australia, Iran, 2-0 up. We're on our way to France at the 1998 World Cup. And then, as we know, France came back. And, of course... It was the infamous, notorious sporting pest, Peter Horn, when he ran onto the field. Remember he cut Iran's net when the Socceroos were up 2-0? And then they came back. And all of a sudden, after he cut the net, it somehow triggered the Iranians. But Terry Venable said after that match, he described it, and I quote, one of the saddest sporting moments in his life. And he had been involved, as you mentioned, in some big, big Matches yeah. after all, he came to Australia after taking England to the semi finals of the 1996 mm. European Championships and only lost in the final to Germany on penalties. Mm. You know? and, and as you say that, Peter, um, Gareth Southgate, who's the current England manager, was the man that missed the penalty. And I'm not sure if you've read Gareth uh, Southgate's comments about Terry Venables, they're probably similar to what I've said. Mm. The way Terry Venables had so much empathy for him after that, um, summed him up. And he, he goes out, goes, uh, I think reading goes, he took so much from that, it's made him a manager that he wanted to be like Terry Venables. Um, and I can even remember Terry Venables coming up to me after the game. He, he goes, like, you know, I know how you're feeling, Stan. He goes, you couldn't have done any more. He goes, that's football. He goes, you should be really proud. This group should be really proud. You guys, I remember him saying that we were a special group. Our, our, our playing group, he goes, you guys are so underrated, so undervalued, you don't realise what a special group that we had. Mm. And we didn't really acknowledge it at the time, Peter. You know, we thought we were good, but we, it wasn't like, you know, it was almost like the emergence of the Matildas that are coming through now that they're realising just, wow, they're showstoppers at the moment. We were like the Matildas at that time a couple of years ago, where we were, we were just 
a bit in our show. They're great players. They're guys like Ned Zellish and Paul Oakens and Badukas and Kills and names that I just think, I just roll off the tongue and I think, wow, Mark Bosnichers and these guys. And we were all at the top of our game. Uh, we had a real, honestly, a team that was could go to a World Cup and actually generally push for a semi-final or a quarter-final, no problem. Um, and then, obviously, after that, we, we did go and do the Convets Cup and we beat Uruguay and Mexico's and all these teams. Um, and the emergence of Harry Kiel just blistered through. Uh, yeah, and that was, that was Terry Venables. He was, I think, tactically, what a tactician. I think the way he positioned us as players... Um, and just, I don't know, his, his voice, he could, I don't know, his voice was just, it was, <laughs> it was soothing and good, and it was just, I, I don't know, it was like Frank Sinatra was managing us, I don't know. <laughs> it was just incredible. He was, um, he was just had a way, he was so liked, he was so liked. Yeah, you, no. You know, uh, yeah, it's, it's honestly, I'm, re- I'm so sad, I really am sad, and as I said, and he's, you know, he would be like the Ange Postacoglu of today. And Andrew's at Spurs right now, and I, and I think I could liken Ange to Terry, you know? Yeah, what a great compliment for Ange. Uh, Stan, it's been so enjoyable sitting back and you paying tribute to one Terry Venables. And I've seen a lot of the, the tributes that have flown from, you know, British strikers Gary Lineker, Mark Hughes, who he took to Camp Nou at Barcelona with him. They've paid tribute. Mark Bosnich, yourself here on this radio program, and so many others. Uh, certainly a huge figure in world football. And I think we can be very uh, happy that he spent some time down under with people like yourself and just fell so short of taking Australia to the World Cup in 1998. Thank you very much, Stan. It's been a a pleasure to listen to you talk about Terry Venables. Thank you, Peter. An outpouring of emotion there from uh, Stan Lazaridis about uh, Terry Venables, who passed away overnight. And just judging from that interview, you can just sense that he meant so much to so many players, uh, Terry Venables. Let's just update for... Our friends, Polaris, Australia's number one selling side-by-side brand. Before we take a break, uh, we might as well bring you up to date with what happened in the English Premier League uh, overnight. Uh, And it was Spurs. They got beaten by two goals to one at home by Aston Villa. They did go ahead after 22 minutes. Uh, Aston Villa did equalise through Torres um, just before half-time. And then Watkins put Villa ahead 61 minutes into the match. So... They're having a great run, Aston Villa, at the moment. They are really, really flying and have leapfrogged Tottenham into fourth position. Villa are on 28 points, Spurs 26 in fifth spot. Above them, Liverpool 28, Manchester City 29, and Arsenal at the top of the tree after their 1-0 win at Brentford are on top with 30 points. In the other game last night, Everton nil, uh, Manchester United 3. And that is for Polaris. The plate clearance deal's on now. Save $2,000 on the range of 1,000 EPS plus get $1,000 free accessories. We'll take a break. On the other side of the break, Davis Cup. We went so close, so close to winning it, but it wasn't to be. We'll talk to Brett Phillips next here on Sports Day WA. Welcome back to Sports Day WA on this Monday. Thanks to the Kia EV6 GT, the World Performance Car of the Year, and our friends at Toolmart, the Complete Tool Centre, they've been serving WA for over 45 years. After Sports Day WA concludes, you can tune into the first serve on the SEN network. 
and a man that is the host of the first serve is Brett Phillips. And we're talking tennis here on the program now. Brett, thanks for your time. Our pleasure. Pleasure as always. Let's kick it off. What's on the first serve tonight? Yeah, final show uh, for uh, 2023. So it's been a yeah, big tennis season. We kicked off, you know, the Monday night after the Australian Open all the way through to uh, the end of the tennis season. Although um, we've got the next-gen finals in Saudi Arabia, which will be fascinating to look at uh, this week. But, yeah, we're going to obviously chat all things Davis Cup. Uh, we've had our reporter, Connor Joyce, on the ground uh, over the last uh, week with some really interesting observations. Um, Matt Romios wouldn't be known to too many. He's a Melbourneian who's on a much harder road in tennis. He's going to join us in the studio, Pete. He's more specialising in doubles these days to really paint the picture of what life is like at the other end of the uh, tennis spectrum. Uh, Peter Johnston will have a look at Kuyong because uh, the field is starting to certainly hot up for that. Our college segment tonight actually catches up with my favourite tennis commentator, and that's Robbie Koenig, the uh, the great South African mm-hmm. who um, has got more sayings than you can poke a stick at. He has spent <laughs> 200 sayings in his little laptop there, and his son's in college at the moment, maybe a future prospect, and, yeah, Robbie, you will shed some great light. So all that, whole lot. We've got a three-hour show tonight, Clint, so uh, I think, you know, from the West, you'll tune in, what, for the second hour onwards, which will be great. Yeah, looking forward to it. So that follows Sports Day WA. A bit of a uh, preview there from Brett Phyllis. Brett, Australian tennis dreams, uh, they were dashed overnight once again as Leighton Hewitt's team, I gather, succumbed. Well, in a second straight Davis Cup final, uh, it was hard to watch, but the Italians in the end, just too strong. Yeah, we really needed to grab that that second spot rubber. And obviously Australia, you know, toyed with that all week. We played Jordan Thompson against the Czech Republic. Didn't get it done. Uh, Lexi Popperin came in for the semi-final against Finland. Stepped up. First time he won a live rubber, which was brilliant. And was given the nod again uh, to, uh, you know, certainly try and get Australia off to a good start. He certainly had his chances. I mean, you know, beaten in the first set, but a really good second set. Neck and neck, great um, great level of tennis against the, the surprise packet from Italy. He's had a massive spike this year, Matteo Almaldi. When you're looking at the bench, you're Pete, and there's Berrettini sitting there, there's Musetti sitting there. Berrettini's had a tough year with injury. Uh, Musetti played earlier in the week, then got a little niggle. But Almaldi uh, stepped up. So the depth in Italian tennis, absolutely enormous. And, yeah, Lexi not getting it done put obviously enormous pressure on Demonor, and he'd never beaten Yannick Sinner previously. And he started really well. He bounced out of the blocks. He was in the face of uh, Sinner, who'd come off, what, only about 24 hours earlier, beating Djokovic in a magnificent match uh, that took a fair bit out of him. But, gee, once he got into gear, uh, that second set, uh, six love, that's not something we're accustomed uh, you know, late uh, Alex Demonor with across his career. And, yeah, Italy, what, win for the first time in about 47 years, led by an absolute superstar who's been on absolute tear since the US Open. I think he's won what something like 20 of his last 22 matches, Yannick Sinner. So come the Australian Open, he is yeah, one of the uh, the hot prospects. The Italian, clearly the man of the week in Malaga finals. He won all his five rubbers in three ties and there was a real nice touch at the end actually, uh, where one of the so-called pioneers of Italian tennis was given the opportunity to join Yannick Sinner and co on stage. And, and we're talking about Nicola Piantrangeli, who appeared on stage with the Davis Cup trophy, and he's a 90-year-old. Yeah, phenomenal. Uh, they've got such a great history in tennis Italy, uh, all the great players of the past. And yeah, I think the Davis Cup, 
obviously, uh, with these neutral venues now, Peter, I mean, it's a little harder logistically to try and get a lot of the former champions on site, you know, if that tie was in Italy or, or the reverse in Australia, where you'd have all the, the Davis Cup stalwarts there. So, yeah, it was a great touch. I mean, men's tennis in Italy is going pretty well. It has in the past. And, yeah, right now they're producing one of the absolute um, superstars of the future in Yannick Sinner. I must say, just this year, you know, back-to-back in Malaga, and Connor Joyce, our man on the ground, will elaborate on this on the first serve, a little bit later, that it just felt bigger, it felt better. Uh, Leighton Hewitt couldn't help himself. And look, he's right, he's honest. Um, we know where Leighton stands on the whole Davis Cup. And he said, look, he thought Malaga put on a great show with what they're working with. And uh, they've got to try and fill the stadium. There are a lot of you know, visiting fans that did feel like, I mean, when, when they played Finland, they were the fairy tale story. Actually, Leighton said they it felt like they were playing an away tie, which is what he wants. He wants the home and away ties. I mean, they're going to persist with this format, Pete, it seems, but it did feel better this year, the neutral venue, feeling like the old Davis Cup type of environment. Not perfect, and they've got to still work at that, but a lot better than last year. What about the Australians before we move on from the Davis Cup? Your thoughts on how they fared? As you mentioned, it was a bit hit and miss with the players that took part in the singles rubbers. Alex Dimonor, up until last night, played pretty well, but he was uh, completely uh, beaten last night, wasn't he, by Yannick? Yeah, I mean, that's, it's just another step up, isn't it? I mean, he hasn't beaten Sinner before. He's got to find a way. But that, that's, that's, I mean, that's Alex's resume in general. Uh, that I mean, he's been better, certainly in the last... 12 to 18 months, that's why he's risen to be just outside the top 10, because he has been taking some better scalps, but that's his biggest challenge, is beating the top echelon of the sport, so he can you know, make his way into single figures. Um, I mean, generally, he doesn't let us down too often. I thought it was an interesting move to put Jordan Thompson in first, uh, and look, you know, Leighton's been extremely loyal to Tomo, but I don't know why they didn't go with Alexi Popper in the start. I mean, Alexi was pretty nervous in the second round, but I thought he played pretty good tennis, uh, Popper. Uh, Kokonakis probably would have been given the nod, but he got an injury just on the eve, and he'd been playing singles this year, but you know, hasn't played a lot in the last few weeks. And I think he always wanted to keep Purcell, even though Purcell could have played singles, he always wanted to keep him, I think, for the doubles. That's where Leighton felt, gee, if it's one all, we're just about a sure bet here. These two... Uh, they've got great history together, he and Ebden, and they didn't let Australia down, uh, you know, heading to that final. So, yeah, a lot of, a lot of depth, but, you know, hopefully some good decisions to make in the future. Hopefully, you know, the likes of uh, Vukic and Hiji Carter and Kubler and all these others, O'Connell can push up and really challenge, you know, the current group for a spot in that Davis Cup zone. Well, let you get on to uh, hosting the first serve. It does follow, as we mentioned, Sports Day WA. But before we let you go, let's talk about the women's equivalent, the Billie Jean King, King Cup. And we know that Alicia Mollick, who's been a great ambassador, the captain of the Australian women's team for a number of years, is moving on. Uh, who's likely to replace her, do you think? Well, I can tell you one person that absolutely wants the job, and that is Sam Stozer. She wants the job, and... Uh, I can categorically tell you that, uh, Pete. Now, look, she seems like, to me, a little bit of a no-brainer um, as the next captain. You know, she still wants to be involved in tennis, doesn't necessarily want to be a full-time coach or you know, be on the road for uh, 30-odd weeks, but you know, she believes she's got a lot to offer. I mean, the other obvious name that has been thrown up is Ash Barty, and it's not a, it's not a job that it used to be where, you know, you're doing sort of uh, four blocks a year. It's now, you know, condensed right down to a week, uh, basically. 
you know, whether it's a dual thing. I mean, if Sam, the interesting thing is if Sam Stoza got the job, would that bring David Taylor into the fold as the coach? Nicole Pratt has occupied that spot. Stoza and uh, Taylor have a great history, of course, US Open, and David's still very much part of the National Tennis Academy, working with all our young talent uh, up in Brisbane. So I don't know when they're going to make a call on it, um, but my, my intel is that Sam Stoza wants the gig, and we'll see if she gets it. Good on you, Brett. Thanks for joining us, mate. Uh, have a great show tonight. Look forward to listening in. Pleasure. Thank you, Pete. Brett Phillips uh, talking tennis here on SENWA's uh, Sports Day WA. Don't forget, you can join the Red Army this NBL season by becoming a Perth Wildcats member today. Big game coming up against the Sydney Kings this weekend. And before I go, here's a quick community update. Thanks to Firecoat. Be alert and prepared this bushfire season. Stay up to date on all bushfire warnings online with the Department of Fire and Emergency Services. Visit dfes.wa.gov.au. And this community update is thanks to the new fire coat, the first paint proven to protect property in high-risk fire conditions and available at Bunnings Warehouse. Thanks for your time today. Hope you enjoyed the program. Back again tomorrow from 5 straight after the run home with Hayes and Marta here for the Kia EV6 GT, the World Performance Car of the Year, and Toolmar, the Complete Tool Centre, serving WA for over 45 years. Thanks to my producer, Paul Heath, and also to Asher, my panel operator. See you tomorrow from 5 here on SEN.